Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Monday, February 8th, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, the singularity must be near because all of our meme stories are colliding. Tesla has bought a ton of Bitcoin while Elon is tweet pumping Dogecoin. Clubhouse is blocked in China. Cold water gets thrown on our Apple car story by Hyundai itself. TikTok is skipping directly to an e-commerce build-out. And Xiaomi's new global flagship phone. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. I guess in our post-GameStop Wall Street bets world, I guess I should never be surprised to wake up to crazy news like the news that Tesla has bought $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin and says it will start accepting Bitcoin as a payment for its products in the future, quoting CNBC. In a filing with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the company said it bought the Bitcoin for, quote, more flexibility to further diversify and maximize returns on our cash, end quote. Tesla also said it will start accepting payments in Bitcoin in exchange for its products, quote, subject to applicable laws and initially on a limited basis, end quote. That would make Tesla the first major automaker to accept cryptocurrency as payment. The $1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin will give Tesla liquidity in the cryptocurrency once it starts accepting it for payments. Tesla's move into Bitcoin represents an investment of a significant percentage of its cash in the investment. The company had more than $19 billion in cash and cash equivalents on hand at the end of 2020, according to its most recent filing. But the moves also raised immediate questions around CEO Elon Musk's behavior on Twitter in recent weeks, where he has been credited for increasing the prices of cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Dogecoin by posting positive messages that have encouraged more people to buy the digital currencies. Two weeks ago, the billionaire Tesla owner added the hashtag, hashtag Bitcoin to his Twitter bio in a move that helped to briefly push up the price of the cryptocurrency by as much as 20%. Two days later, he said on the social media chat site Clubhouse, quote, I do at this point think Bitcoin is a good thing and I am a supporter of Bitcoin, end quote. Bitcoin prices surged to new highs Monday following Tesla's announcement reaching a price of at least $44,200. Tesla's shares were up more than 2% Monday morning. Tesla warned investors of the volatility of Bitcoin's price in its SEC filing, end quote. Yeah, and about that Dogecoin stuff. In case you're not aware of Doge, it was sort of a joke cryptocurrency. That would be one way to put it. But also, maybe it's better to think of Dogecoin as the ultimate meme currency, especially in this age of non-fungible tokens and art now and collectibles on the blockchain. So this is what I mean by nothing surprising me anymore in the post-GameStop world. Dogecoin is maybe the ultimate meme play in a way. Elon Musk is a meme engine in and of himself, so his tweets pushing Dogecoin up from half a cent at the beginning of the year to around eight cents this morning, even though Doge is sort of not an active project or even a viable one at this point, yeah, to the moon for sure. As an aside on Dogecoin, I was involved in the filming of a cryptocurrency documentary six or seven years ago that never got sold anywhere as far as I know, so... I can't point you to any link to the video. I would if I could. Anyway, I was involved in the filming that happened here in New York City because they were covering this big crypto event in downtown Manhattan that about 200 people showed up for. It was at the height of Dogecoin mania. People brought 
actual Shiba Inu dogs to the event. And at the end of it, they put a doge mask on the bull statue that's right behind Wall Street. Anyway, this morning I reached out to some of the folks that I met back then, and some of them never sold the Dogecoin that they mined all those years ago. They held it all this time and are, you can expect, very happy right now. Although some of them also sold Doge when it was suddenly popping towards a penny about two weeks ago. It had been stuck at like a quarter of a penny for like basically forever. Previous all-time high for Dogecoin was about a penny and a quarter. That was maybe three or four years ago. So I don't know, man, when you've got Elon Musk on your side to the moon for sure, I guess. And the countdown is now over. I guess, because Clubhouse is now officially blocked in China, just as everyone expected it would be, quoting TechCrunch. Thousands of Chinese users suddenly found themselves unable to access Clubhouse on early Monday evening as the country prepared to start the week-long Lunar New Year holiday. Inside WeChat groups, Clubhouse users rushed to report the situation and help each other with ways to get back onto the Red Hot Live Audio app. Audio drop-in startup Clubhouse was rapidly gaining steam in China, attracting a bevy of users early on to conversations on a wide range of topics. The app seemed likely to meet the fate of other U.S.-based apps and services, however, namely a ban, and as of Monday, that indeed was what Clubhouse faces, as confirmed by TechCrunch. Users in China can no longer access the Clubhouse app, though the app's website remains unblocked. The app is unlikely to return given how much the app's model would have to change to comply with Chinese internet regulations. As Clubhouse was not listed on the Chinese app store, it's unclear how many people from mainland China were on the platform. A room discussing the 1989 pro-democracy Tiananmen protest, a taboo topic in China, reached the maximum number of participants at 5,000 this afternoon prior to the ban. Another room focused on the same topic attracted over 2,000 users. Clubhouse's API has been blocked on Monday around 7 p.m. Beijing time, censorship monitoring organization GreatFire.org told TechCrunch, end quote. File this one under throwing cold water on the fire that we had been watching regarding Hyundai and the Apple car. Hyundai and its affiliate Kia now say they are not in talks with Apple to develop an autonomous vehicle, sending their shares down 8.4% and 14% respectively, quoting Bloomberg. Apple paused discussions with Hyundai and Kia weeks ago about building an electric vehicle, people familiar with the matter told Bloomberg late last week. The Cupertino, California-based company has discussed similar plans with other auto manufacturers, the people added, asking not to be identified because the information isn't public. The South Korean car makers also said in regulatory filings Monday they were in talks with multiple companies about autonomous EVs, but that no decision has been made. Hyundai's statement is almost identical to one it issued a month ago after the company muddled its message around the highly anticipated Apple vehicle, first confirming local Korean media reports that it was in discussions with the tech behemoth, then revising its statement twice in a matter of hours. Hyundai finally said it had received requests for potential cooperation from a number of companies, end quote. So, did Apple cut off talks with Hyundai because they didn't like the leaks of the talks getting out? Or were there no talks to begin with, and maybe we got ahead of ourselves and we should go back to being skeptical of an Apple car even happening? It's all unclear, honestly. As Shira Ovide tweeted, 
Quote, I know this isn't Apple's MO, but what if it just said out loud that it's working on a car and it is evaluating possible manufacturing partners? Would that be so bad? End quote. We're being sponsored today by a company on a product that longtime listeners know I have used for years and cannot literally cannot live or at least work without it. One password. One password combines industry-leading security with award-winning design to bring private, secure, and user-friendly password management to everyone. Companies lose hours every day just from employees forgetting and resetting passwords. A single data breach costs millions of dollars. One password secures every sign-in to save you time and money, any device, any time. One password lets you securely switch between iPhone. Android, Mac, and PC with convenient features like autofill for quick sign-ins. All you have to remember is the one strong account password that protects everything else. Your logins, your credit cards, secure notes, or the office Wi-Fi password. 1Password generates as many strong, unique passwords as you need and securely stores them in an encrypted vault that only you have access to. I started using 1Password, what, a decade ago? Join me and over 100,000 businesses on board the 1Password bandwagon. Because right now, my listeners get Get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com slash ride. That's two free weeks at the number one, the word password, all one word, dot com slash ride. Onepassword.com slash ride. Recently, the world learned the power of artificial intelligence, a technology cybersecurity leaders have been leveraging for years. Now, as AI expands and evolves, those same security leaders are left wondering where humans fit into the next generation of AI-empowered security tools and solutions. Arctic Wolf, the industry leader in managed security operations, seeks to answer this question in their newly published report, The Human-AI Partnership. Access the insights of over 800 cybersecurity decision makers in North America and the United Kingdom to better understand how organizations are weighing the benefits and risks of deploying AI tools. Uncover the biggest obstacles to turning AI and human engineers into a formidable team. Discover why the near-term benefits of large language models are being upended by a crucial flaw in the technology. And learn what the rise of AI tools mean for human practitioners moving forward. Get your copy today at arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. That's arcticwolf.com slash techmeme. On the whole front of Twitter suddenly kicking into gear because things like Clubhouse and Substack have the potential to eat their lunch in spaces where they should probably be eating everyone else's lunch, sources are telling Bloomberg that Twitter is building subscription products to ease its dependence on advertising, including the possibility of tipping people for exclusive content and maybe even charging for TweetDeck, which, as always with Twitter, you know, any other company would have been looking into things like diversification into subscriptions, I don't know, five years ago. Quote, To explore potential options outside ad sales, a number of Twitter teams are researching subscription offerings, including one using the codename Rogue One, according to people familiar with the effort. At least one idea being considered is related to tipping, or the ability for users to pay the people they follow for exclusive content, the people said, who asked not to be named because the discussions are internal. Other possible ways to generate recurring revenue include charging for the use of services like TweetDeck, or advanced user features like Undo Send, or profile customization options. 
Subscriptions have always offered a tantalizing alternative to advertising, but social networks have traditionally stayed free as a way to encourage user growth and engagement, which is then subsidized with paid marketing posts. Still, Twitter Chief Financial Officer Ned Siegel said on a call with investors last year that a subscription option of some kind would offer sales durability and recurring revenue is more consistent than advertising spending. Siegel cautioned in July that Twitter was not only, quote, very, very early early in exploring a subscription service, but also plan to be picky about how it goes forward. Quote, we have a really high bar for when we would ask consumers to pay for aspects of Twitter, he said. The San Francisco-based company may update investors on its thinking when it reports earnings on Tuesday. It has mentioned the idea of subscriptions on the past two quarterly calls, but the company has historically been slow in making product decisions, end quote. I want to point out that it was Bloomberg saying that last bit, so it's not just me that has a low opinion of Twitter's ability to iterate product. Also notice that little item about an undo-send feature. You know what feature I guarantee you people would pay for? An edit-tweet feature. Of course, we're probably never getting that one at this point. And continuing on the theme of monetizing social networks, you'd have to know this was coming, but sources are telling the Financial Times that TikTok has briefed advertisers on new e-commerce tools that it plans to launch later this year, including letting popular users add links and earn commissions. Quote, It's old-school affiliate marketing, one senior advertising executive said, adding that video makers would be able to link to any products they liked, even if they were not formally sponsored by the brand. TikTok, which is owned by China's ByteDance, is also aiming to roll out the ability for brands to showcase catalogs of their products on the platform, the people said. The app is also said to be rolling out live-streamed shopping, a mobile phone version of television shopping channels where users can buy goods with a few taps after seeing them showcased by TikTok. Talk stars. This follows testing of the live shopping feature with Walmart announced late last year. TikTok declined to comment. Quote, it feels like TikTok is about to skip introducing a desktop experience and go straight into commerce, Jack Smith, creative technology officer at WPP's Mindshare, said. Culturally, TikTok is well-placed for live-streamed commerce to capture the dissolving distinction between content and commerce because it doesn't feel as polished as other platforms, he added. The tools will bring TikTok, which has already announced a partnership with e-commerce platform Shopify, further into competition with Facebook, end quote. In the interest of keeping score on what the big tech oligarchs are up to, who's up and who's down and the like, I like to look for these sorts of metrics. Platform Anomics is out with its yearly look at capital expenditure at the big tech companies, and the TLDR this year is Amazon's CapEx grew 69% year over year. Microsoft's grew 14%, and Google's actually declined 5% year-over-year, which again plays into my theory of belt-tightening at Google, though again, I'll acknowledge their earnings were blowout just last week. But still, analysis like this is a proxy way of looking at who still has the ammunition to continue to invest in expanding their various business lines, quote, The three hyper-cloud companies, Amazon, Google, and Microsoft, collectively spent almost $97 billion on CapEx in 2020, up 32% from 2019's $73.5 billion. 
Amazon and Microsoft's spending again hit new highs, bonkers new highs in Amazon's case, while Google's spending declined for the second year in a row. Amazon spent more on CapEx than any company, not just cloud companies, in 2020. In 2020, Amazon's CapEx was up a mere 69% to just shy of an absolutely bonkers $54 billion. Google's spend declined 5% to $22.3 billion, and Microsoft's increased 14% to $20.6 billion. Amazon, company slogan, a penny of free cash flow is a terrible thing to waste on abstract accounting constructs like profits, is accelerating its spending and may soon achieve orbital escape velocity on the back of its CapEx trajectory, rendering Jeff Bezos's personal space program unnecessary. It is beyond bonkers that a company that sells books, in quotes, spends more on CapEx than any other company, and the idea that Our other two software companies have a CapEx spend in the same league or beyond the biggest automakers, energy companies, semiconductor manufacturers, and telcos in the world is likewise bonkers, end quote. Finally today, whenever I'm tempted not to cover Chinese smartphone launches, I remember that fully 37% of you listening to me right now are listening outside of the United States. So, a lot of you might actually be able to buy this. Xiaomi has unveiled the global version of its Mi 11 flagship smartphone, which sports a Snapdragon 888, a 6.8-inch 1440p OLED 120Hz display, and up to 256 gigabytes of storage, all starting at 749 euros. Quoting The Verge. The screen appears to be the same panel, or very similar, to what is found in the Galaxy S21 Ultra. It's a slightly curved 6.8-inch 1440p OLED with a refresh rate of 120Hz and peak brightness of 1500 nits, matching Samsung's phone spec for phone spec. I don't have the S21 Ultra to compare side-by-side, but I can tell you that the Mi 11's screen is extremely good. The Mi 11 has a 108-megapixel primary camera backed by a 13-megapixel ultra-wide and a 5-megapixel telemacro camera. The selfie camera is 20 megapixels and tucked inside a small hole-punch cutout at the top left of the screen. The battery is 4,600 milliamp hours and can be charged up to 55 watts with a cable and up to 50 watts wirelessly. The Mi 11 also features reverse wireless charging at up to 10 watts. It runs the Mi UI 12 based on Android 11. Xiaomi hasn't provided a full list of regions or launch dates just yet, but says the Mi 11 will be priced at 749 euros or around $900 for the 8 gigabyte, 128 gigabyte model, end quote. So since, as an American, I think I'm required by law to at least mention last night's big game, note that Reddit had a five-second commercial that you could only read if you got a chance to pause your TV. If you did so, you saw a faux Reddit post that said the following, quote, Wow, this actually worked. If you're reading this, it means our bets paid off. One thing we learned from our communities last week is that underdogs can accomplish just about anything when we come together around a common idea. Who knows? Maybe you'll be the reason finance textbooks have to add a chapter on tendies in the future. Powerful things happen when people rally around something they really care about, and there's a place for that. It's called Reddit, end quote. 
Reddit said it spent its entire marketing budget on this ad, which is reminiscent of when companies spent their entire Series A's on Super Bowl ads back during the dot-com bubble. And also, since I believe I am contractually obligated to mention that Tom Brady is still playing and still winning Super Bowls 20 years later, this tweet from John Ehrlichman on Twitter. Some businesses that advertised during Tom Brady's first Super Bowl included AOL, Blockbuster, Radio Shack, Circuit City, CompUSA, Sears, Hot Jobs, Yahoo, VoiceStream Wireless, and Gateway Computers, end quote. 